Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. In today's sharing, we have a, a phenomenal interview with a great business owner in Laurie Reeves, who runs and owns and leads a business called Control Works. Laurie's been a client for several years, and his journey has been absolutely stunning, and his ability to grow and, 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 and prosper and continue to come back and be open to the learning, be open to the, uh, the execution, be open to how can I do it really better? Ultimately, growing the business, growing the plan, but also being okay with, um, with, with. I guess you know, how how can I um, ultimately continue to push and and enjoy this thing called life as well? So, a great advocate, a great advocate for growing a business, but also enjoying quality of life. Some really cool uh, sharings, and, and and most importantly, the uh, the the part that we call the light bulb moment. Um, listen out for that because that is such a an, an amazing. Amazing, I guess, um, 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 crossroad as far as uh, Laurie Reeves and and Control Works was concerned. But most importantly, for every one of us, there is a light bulb moment, and, and some of us haven't had that light bulb go on and off, on and off as it should. And uh, I guess in listening to, I guess, the sharing of Laurie Reeves, there may be a light bulb moment for you as well. Business Benchmark Group, enjoy the sharing, and I guess looking forward to the feedback. So Laurie is the Managing Director of ControlWorks Victoria, a leader in building automation and energy management solutions. Um, he's got a consistent qualified pipeline now trending at $2 million. Now, the key to that point is it's a consistent and it's qualified. In other words, we have done some really uh, some exceptional work with, with Laurie's business and Laurie's obviously delivered it to his team who's thereafter gone on and been consistently growing something that's trending at $2 million as a pipeline. Does everyone understand what a pipeline means? This is future opportunity, future works, future, I guess, um, bits and pieces that will at some point, all you're missing is a yes to end up being a business, right? So we've got a consistent qualified pipeline, which has a bit of science to it, no fluke to it, trending at $2 million plus. And we'll hear where it was, let's say, a little while ago as to why that's an important fact. There's been a 34% increase in year-on-year -year sales and business performance. Now, I'm not sure about you guys, but 34% uh, when you're at a level of business that ControlWorks is, um, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal and very recognisable and um, an amazing result. And we're trending in the same space going forward. Business that more often than not runs without him. So he's at a point where 15, 16 months ago he was the epicentre. And where we are right now that if he, heaven forbid, was in a jury service for four weeks, and he couldn't get out and they wouldn't let him out, this business can run and actually grow without him versus he comes back, not only has he put someone in jail, but he's also come back to a car park. Does that make sense? So what are we doing every other day to build the business that ultimately can run without you is a very critical decision that you need to make as a business owner and forget and, 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 and really put a bit of speed into that outcome and then have a choice whether you do or you don't leave the place. 
but it's got to be working and functioning without you. So we're going to hear a little bit more about that. So without a further ado, I want to introduce uh, Laurie Reeves from ControlWorks. And needless to say, he's a uh, he's been a board of directors twelve um, client for over a year. He's just entered his second year, and again, that's just one minor little stat. Where I want to start is, um, I just if it's okay, Laurie, um, what were the crossroads? Um, I guess you know, 15, 16 months ago, you've had a, a, a very colourful career in many industries, and. You've gotten into this business and there's four partners, four owners. You, you ultimately run Victoria as a 25% shareholder and, and here you are at a crossroad. Well, first of all, when you say colourful, it's not illegal. There's no gambling or racing at any of these involvements, so let's just clear that up. Um, the crossroads came when the business started with a, a fairly large project and it, and it grew very quickly. And the problem with that, you spent so much time working on the project that you didn't start looking for where that next revenue stream was going to come from. And we got into an awful cycle of a lot of work, go and find work, a lot of work, go and find work. And it is stressful, as many of you probably know, and it's not good business. And you sit there and listen to the stats of how many businesses fail. And at my age, when you go and start a business, you need to get it right sooner than later. And that was where I think the crossroad was, was that uncertainty of where that future sat. So what do you think um, was that, that light bulb moment, that, that time that I guess you've realised, hang on, age is, and that's your, they're, they're your words, not going for me, I need to get this right, and um, ultimately we do have something in our hand that works. So what was the, the cross-connecting bits of all that to say, hang on, I can't hold back anymore, I've got to go for this? I, I think one of the parts, it was a two-part switch, I guess. The first one was we had a major client default on us to the tune of about a quarter of a million dollars, I think it was. Now when you start in a small business, you can't see that just walk out the door. So there's one of those holy crap moments that goes on. And then you start to panic and you try all sorts of things. The second part is you realise that through your own life experiences and other business experience, it doesn't have to be this hard. And realising that you cannot be, I think your term was the epicentre of it all, you need to get assistance from the sideline. You can be a good player, but it's great to have a better coach. So we needed to look at how we were going to take the business to that next stage and it not just be Laurie-centric, because Laurie-centric wasn't working. <laughs> so, so I guess control works. It's, it, it's, in, an, it's in an industry, automation, it's, 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 it's dealing with big end clients and uh, the complications and, and, and the free kicks that come with that. Um, what systems do you believe you've put in place since that moment of saying, hang on, we need to get some better structure here, some better fluency, some better, I guess, conveyor belt approach mm. than ever before? I think the key is in order to know where you're going, you need to know where you've been. So the test and measure process where we started to have a look at the data, and I think alluded before by the prior speaker was, unless you can share data with people, you've got no idea where you're heading. And the thing is, was it what we were measuring, was that the right stuff to be looking at? So the systems and processes are a way of targeting particular clients and marketplaces, being very precise about what it is you do, but you don't have to be perfect at it. But you need to be precise and deliberate, so who the people we were going for, the target markets, and stick to it. The second part was to start to make sure that your activities reflected what your game plan was. And if you're saying this and doing that, then you're never going to achieve what you're going to achieve. So we started putting process with checks and measures 
we started test and measuring everything and we started realising that what we said we thought we were doing wasn't in fact the case. We weren't getting the volume of business, we weren't doing the activities, our close rates on certain things wasn't there, margin slippage because of labour force, we've got productivity. So we started to measure and then start to focus down and I think the key to that was putting all those checks and balances in place early. And, and, and run us through the, uh, the again, the, I refer to rhythm, communication, the brutal truth. It is what it is, let's work through it versus let's just paint pretty pictures and, <laughs> and feel good and do high fives. Yeah. Um, how did you end up, I guess, um, getting the whole team or the team that you chose to embrace that data and improve that data? I'd love to say that was easy, but it wasn't. And sometimes it was my communication skills. Uh, I have Damien, I'm very fortunate, Damien is a coach who thinks I'm a softie. And well, he's, he's probably right then. Yeah, he is. He's, he's right, because <laughs> I'm paying him to tell me that. Um, but no, he is right. He's 100% right that sometimes you've got to make those hard decisions and you're responsible for making sure people do push forward. Now, uh, an example of that was a conversation which I think my wife, who is also one of my business partners here, overheard last night when I said to an individual, are you honestly asking me to forego next month's payroll because you're kind of not grasping the situation? Really, are you going to be sharing that with the rest of the people who we pay? I reckon six months ago I might have taken a different approach. Last night was probably a little more straightforward. What would you have said six months ago? I will have to look at how we manage that. So at the moment I would suggest this guy's mouth went dry very quickly. I gave him homework last night and I told him at 11 o'clock this morning we're going to be having a conversation about what he's decided to do to make this right. And you know you're just on video saying that, yeah? Yeah, that's what, I hope he's not watching, but I don't know. No, no. <laughs> but it <laughs> is. Might be. Yeah, I might no, be, yeah. No, but I, I, it's accountability. I, and again, I know enough about where you're at and your process and your progress to know that that's going to happen. Has and to. it's a moment of truth because, you know, when too much is left to too few and you feel and it may not be the truth, but you feel you're carrying the weight and ultimately there's a handful that are achieving maximum results in minimum time and then there's a handful that are doing minimum results in maximum time. That's an issue that, gets, that needs to get sorted. I think also that in, in business, as business owners and as employees, we're the biggest hindrance to getting these improvements and, and communicating this through. We're trying to keep everything right-sized on an even keel, and, and you can't. Sometimes you've got to chop up the water, you've got to create the waves and see what happens next, and if we don't do that, then we're still in the same spot we were before, and it's no good spending that time and energy. So, you know, communicating not just the concepts, but the consequences of this needs to be done. It's not a conversation anymore and then walk away. <laughs> I guess um, when we think about the sequence of you know, some of the changes and, and, and the results and the, you know, a, a qualified pipeline of $2 million is one thing we referenced this morning. A, a, an almost a 30%, well, a 30% plus growth year on year and training again for this year, uh, which, which are facts. Yep. What's the outside world saying? What, what are our customers saying about what they're seeing in control works right now? What's their feedback? in your business, for your business? Um, it's quite, originally who the hell is control works, I think was the exact comment that was passed. Uh, we now compete against international companies, uh, very big international German headquarter based companies who don't send me hate mail, but 
we're not far off at some days because we now punch above our weight because we, we, we actually, we took a project where we decided that we would just compete for this major project on the basis of, let's get the brand out there. This is old thinking, by the way. Let's get the brand out there. Let's see how we perform. And let's get some feedback on how we're doing. Now, we won the damn thing. We weren't the cheapest, and we actually got an international award for the project, and it's an icon in Melbourne. So I didn't expect any of that, but if I didn't ask for it, and if I didn't chase it, and I didn't want it to be different, then it wouldn't have happened. And what we're seeing is larger international companies now wanting to talk to us about being a little bit more cooperative on other opportunities rather than thinking, I shouldn't go and pick a fight with an international when we're a small Melbourne-based company. You know, for once in a while, we actually got there, and it was thinking it through. So when you think about the timeline, and, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, it's about 15 to 18 months of this, I guess, transition and yep. this new, and we've only just started, right? Um, I guess version of control works in Victoria is, is shaping up for. What do you see, I guess, 12, 24, maybe even 60 months out, may, maybe 520 weeks out? What do you see as far as that, that distance and, and what you're leading um, us to? In our business, because of what we do, there's a lot of geek and nerd stuff that goes on, and we're all closet geeks and nerds in the business. But when we look at the architecture of what we provide to a client, I've sort of drawn a line and said, this is kind of the grubby techo stuff. Above that is white collar. And that's where the continual revenue will come from. And sometimes we think technology is helping us. Other times it's a handbrake to what we do. Anybody who has to continually update their laptops or their phones or whatever else knows it's a pain and my photographs disappeared and whatever else happened. In, in, in my part of the business, the, the third highest cost outside the cost of the building and the people inside it is the cost of energy. So we're developing a process in that white collar space that says, how do we help people manage that? Now, a lot of people do stuff, but still nobody's kind of got it right. It's a bit of a, a golden fleece out there to be found sometimes. But in the coming years, I see us being more into a, not just a national stage, but vir a virtual player in a broader global environment. And in particular, I think in Southeast Asia. What sort of team do you think you'll be leading it? In that, uh, in, in that journey? Very small one, because they'll be leading the rest of it. <laughs> to okay. be perfectly honest, I think it'll be just very different structure. Yeah, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with the curiosity that comes with that, that, that answer, in my opinion. I mean, to know that that's a destination is such a miracle, because you can only work backwards from there. And, and if you give it the time and energy, funnily enough, um, over the next 12, 18 months, while you still get the urgent and the accountable aspect, of short term, right, you're going to be fine. We've still got to pay our way. We still have to do the, the mm. grubby hard work, which is our foundation. But our reputation is built on that as well as can-do folks. So whatever we add above that line then becomes very important. What advice do you have for other uh, small business owners that are currently you know, at a crossroad, um, have got something that's definitely working, but the level of working versus the level of working is, is slightly different? What advice do you have for um, anyone in that? in that position. Look at your mind traffic. Whatever controls your mind and occupies your mind controls your life. And I think what happens is we try to do so much. Now, I've got three kids still at home. The fourth has just recently departed. And we were chatting with one of the other team members here before from our BOD 12 group that 
you know, tonight we've got netball training and football training and I've got a committee meeting for something. Our life is busy. But what we have to do is to make sure that our mind traffic when it comes to our business space is clean. It's precise, it's thought through, it's written down. Those of you who don't run very good diary systems are doomed to run that same little trap. And it's about getting clarity in your head of what it is you need to do and then focus because whatever's in your head dictates your daily actions. So get that cleaned up. Very cool. Very good. Um, if you hadn't made an effort to get that, again, that, that outside the line, um, objective, strategic assistance, that, that whole looking in, where do you think you might be um, versus where you were 18 months ago? Well, as a recruiter once told me, I'm too old and overqualified, so it didn't sound really good at the time. Um, I, I think I, the business would have gone under. I think it would be in a space that we would have just pulled the plug. Who knows? I, I didn't know how close to gold we were. We wouldn't know. We had lost total focus. So without getting help, and without acknowledging that you needed help first and foremost, but getting that help, I, I don't think our business would have survived. Cool. Questions? Anybody? <laughs> Jenny. Sorry, you know, moving from being logocentric to being, you know, having a leadership team, how um, did you stop yourself from taking over a job that one of your direct reports is doing when, when it was critical, when it was really important, when they weren't quite doing it right? Jury duty. <laughs> By the way, they didn't go to jail. Um, <laughs> jury duty went for four and a bit weeks. Um, I had to leave the business to people to run. Now, maybe things got done the way I wouldn't have done them myself, but that wasn't what it was about. It was about outcomes. And I think first and foremost is watching people all of a sudden go, holy shit, he's not here. I'm going to have to do something. And I'm kind of used to that now. I like that. <laughs> They're getting on with stuff. And then my role as a manager, as an employee employed within the business, is to give them guidance. But what it's allowed me to do is give me other time back to do other things, which my main focus is growing the business. So I think first and foremost, by default, I'd love to say it was a game plan, but it wasn't, not four and a bit weeks, um, was trust the people that you've originally employed and then start working with them and figuring out what's working for them. Play to their strengths rather than trying to spend all this time on their weakness and don't look for perfection. Let them get on with the job. Perfection will come over time. Good question. Anyone else? I'm getting out of this. Oh, no, I thought I was getting out of this. Uh, you had three other owners, obviously, in Australia. How have they responded to your success, obviously? Are you jealous? Or are they bored? It's an interesting set of dynamics, and I think that's an awesome question, and I'm just sort of filtering now so I think how I can answer it because it's on video. <laughs> um, the, the business has evolved. We're part of a, a family-owned group of businesses, for the want of a better word, with common ownership. And there's only two other business partners. There's only three of us for the ownership group. Their business started a particular way. Our Queensland started another way. Our Melbourne business started another way. And the dynamics of how they set up was they were head office. And when a business grows, and grows really, really dramatically, People will often just lose track of where they are, who they are, why they were doing it. So we inherited when we started the business some of their evolved business bad habits because that was the norm. Today, they seek engineering advice, business advice. I, how often do I hear from them? Maybe once a month we'll have a chat about something. I don't have 
business conversations apart from keeping them advised of where we're up to, or not being arrogant about it, but just telling them where we're at next. And I think what happens is they adapt to that. At first there was a lot of pushback. But if you don't control your own destiny sometimes, and you don't sort of go, well, you know what, if you're not coming with this journey, you better just keep following. And if you're not the lead dog, it's not a pretty view, let me tell you. And we were not the lead dog. So the thing is, what we're doing is setting new ways of doing stuff. And then they're, they're coming on board with it, or they're not engaging in it. Fine. They're still making money. That's what it's all about. So if, I, if I've got that right in a nutshell, you're just getting on with it. Yeah. Just, just doing it. Leaving the politics behind and getting on with it. Don't disrespect them in the process. Yeah. But don't let them be a handbrake. Okay, time for one more question. Thank you for building the team around you to, to make it happen. Work in progress is one of the hardest things I reckon I've ever done. I worked in corporate life, it was easy, you gave it to somebody else to do. When you interview people, use the same standard set of questions and don't do the normal mind-numbing things. Ask them from the businesses they came from, what would they change if they were in charge of that business? And things like that. And for me, I like people who have been involved outside of work in team environments, sporting, community, on school councils, whatever. If they're the sort of people you want to be engaged, go with it, go with your gut feel from Just there. Just elaborate on that. Team people, um, I've always been in a team environment, sporting, community, whatever. And we tend to find that we develop better skills and probably instincts about dealing with other people. If you're going to trust them to do stuff for you, you want them to have some of your DNA, some of your beliefs and values that's going to kind of go forward. Does that answer your question? Cool. Round of applause for Laurie. Hi, and welcome back. The sharing, Laurie Reeves, Control Works. What occupies your mind controls your life. There's nothing truer than who do you need to be, which is a mindset thing, and what do you need to do, which is the action bit, so that you could have what it is that you wish to have. So I guess having clarity and focus and being really clear about where are your distractions, where are your frustrations, where are the bits and pieces that might become the obstacles that are in the way and being okay with understanding that there will be obstacles but don't become prisoners of them is my takeaway as to Laurie's sharing and, and, and his wisdom, his words of wisdom as far as this is what it takes to build something and keep on growing something and for not one moment thinking it's ever finished and or done. Business Benchmark Group, empowering business owners to achieve continuous business and quality of life success. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03 0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening. 